0: forget is when you miss two free throws because I remember we were playing UNC in trash oh, and I I missed the M one dunk and then for some reason I just missed both of my free throws. When mm-hmm. I tell y'all every time I see Nate in Wilmington, first thing you'll bring up is why, why'd why you miss those two free throws against Carolina?
1: Well, if you'd have made, if you'd have finished the one I'd have been like, oh man, like, I've been bringing
2: that's that up. hard. Like that's good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's catch twenty two. It's a catch twenty two. See. That's true. You that's made true. the dunk, to finish it. No miss. No miss free throws.
0: That's true. I'm not gonna lie though. I was horrible shooting free throws in USCW just because you know the big jumbotron with the with the rotating screen, like the. Big
2: excuses excuse i'm serious i'm,
0: seri- I'm <laughs> serious the glass would be so clear and all i could see in the glass was the rotating screen and that would just distract me every single time
2: hey question did y'all ever think of like turning that on during practice so that it wasn't so I, I never thought about that but if it's like reflecting on you
0: yeah it would it would have been smart good? but we Yeah, it would have been smart, but we rarely had it on during practice.
2: I would have been taking a flashlight and like doing some kind of distraction. So y'all got over that, but.
0: Yeah, like I could do fine if the crowd was trying to do something, but I don't know what it was about that jumbotron, but it always distracted me.
2: That's funny.
0: I would say, I would say for my flight 22 memory, I would probably say, I can't remember if it was in the spring session or the summer, but I know it was at Myrtle Beach and we were playing on the middle court. Uh, Amarillo Beach against Big Shot Salih and then everybody just started crowding around just because it was it was the game to see, you know, we had me, Rob, Dwayne, Myron leading that team and you had, you know, Luke, Bryce, Jared West all leading that team and I I just remember those intense battles that we used to have it was almost like a high school rivalry game every single time we played them I was just like, I cannot stand playing these dudes and I remember just kind, of, just kind of getting it into it with those guys a little bit too. I remember, kind of they getting into it with the rest. And
1: correct me if I'm wrong. Like, was it? I can't remember. Did Ricky Council play on that team at all as a freshman?
0: No, that was. He with, uh, John,
1: right?
0: No, he played with Rob, but that was the year I played with the unsigned senior team, <laughs> and we beat yeah. y'all. So, uh, Coach Clegg, shout
1: out, Coach Clegg. Okay.
0: So, Rob, I want to fast forward to your college career. If you could rank the top three players you played against, who would you say they were?
3: Oh, shoot. Um, they probably have to go with performances against us. Like, the best player, the best performance I've seen uh, from someone just – in front of my eyes was Kellen Grady this year. It was unbelievable. It, it I mean it was it was unbelievable the amount of threes he hit in a row. It was like seven in a row. I, it didn't matter. Like he just was catching it in transition and letting it go. So um, him and of, of course it'd probably be those three those guys somewhere on Kentucky or something. Um, but performance probably Kellen Grady, Philandris Fleming. He was at Charleston Southern and he hit a game winner against us. He had like 24 in the first half one time too. It was unbelievable. Um, so those two performances stand out in my head. And honestly, another performance that really stands out in my head is one of my teammates, John Michael Wright, who actually played for Flight. Uh, we talked about him earlier. He he ran off for about 30, I think, and majority of it was in second half. We were down by like 20 against Campbell a couple years ago. And literally, it came to a point where Coach Smith was just like, just start setting pin downs for John and just scream. Man, and a dude would just come off, catch, and he was unconscious. I mean, it was, it was ridiculous. So, uh, probably those three performances stand out to me. But the best players will probably be, like, I mean, Jericho Sims. He's in the league now. Um, you got Oscar Seabway that will be in the league. Ty uh, Ty Washington will have a great career. Guys like that. So.
0: Dude. Hey, man. Yeah, that's like – seven threes in a row, dude. Like, you got he, he rattled off quick, and it,
3: the game honestly it wasn't like a bad game. We were within like maybe like five for a little bit, it and then he's just started. I mean, he caught one because the uh Xavier Wheeler, that little kid, just dribbles real quick down the court, super quick, and he just finds them. I mean, they're just calibrated uh perfectly. That's why some people happen to win the national championship. I mean, they just it, it's hard to stay in front of that kid. He gets in the paint, finds his shooters, and it's they're hard to guard.
0: Yeah, man. Dang, man. So, speaking of national championship, we have March Madness going on right there, right now. So, for those of y'all listening, right now it's March 17th, first day of the March Madness tournament. I want to hear your picks of who you think will win the national championship.
1: Nicole, let's go. What you got? Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord.
0: I
2: think, I think she, she might. Like she might get, to,
0: get in trouble if she says it.
2: I would like to stay married. Come.
0: <laughs> I, I already know exactly good. what this answer is.
3: So I
1: think, and y'all chime in. I, I think the NCAA got
3: a lot, a lot wrong this year. Am I it, the only is, one? it was one. It- it was one of the worst years that I've seen, and, and I, that I've that I've actually watched. It was awful. It was oh, terrible. Terrible. Hey, th- this 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 has got to be some of like some of these games have got to be like Tennessee had. Poor Longwood had no business playing Tennessee as a three seed. Tennessee was a two seed, easy, and they 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 got an angry Tennessee team that pounded them by thirty. They obviously there's a big gap between those two teams, but I mean, shoot, Longwood had no chance from the get-go. Oh. I mean, they, they right. should have. They could have put up a better fight against someone let me,
1: else. Let me, let me riddle you this. So you had Coastal Carolina those two years that they went with Elijah in the Big South They were 16 seed. Both times have played Virginia and Wisconsin. So now Longwood in the Big South gets a 14 seed. You have Georgia State from the Sun Belt supposed to be a better league. Mm-hmm. They get a 16 seed.
3: Yeah, that that's easy to riddle you. That though,
2: and I can they get you that
3: right
1: now. And they get Gonzaga, the number one overall seed in the Sun
3: Belt. Yeah. Well, Georgia had an awful start to their league play. They were one in five or one in four to start their league play. Didn't have a great start to the season. They finished what third, I think, in the league and ended up winning the tournament. Longwood, in my four years being here in the Big South, they're the second best Big South team I've played uh, behind, uh, my junior or junior or sophomore year winter team. They're really good, but that Longwood team is really, I think they're deserving of a 14 seed. They're really good. They, they shoot the ball. Well, they, they get in the lanes. I didn't, I mean, we played both of those teams. We played Georgia state too. And I, I, I would say that Longwood was a better team, but I agree with that, you know, the Sun Belt is supposed to be a better league, which it is a better league than the Big South, and they get a 16 seed, and they have to play the number one overall, which is but, rough. Well,
2: like, I don't... So, Nate, with you, with you, like, I, I agree. I agree with everything Rob just said, but I have a question. So, like, I've always just kind of looked at it as, as this, right? Uh, Jackson and I were talking about this today when we were watching some of the games and just how... You almost – I mean, obviously you have your clear-cut teams that are higher and lower, but but it seems like there's becoming this, like, closing gap where everybody's just kind of – the talent you see, like, obviously Longwood wasn't keeping up today, but when we were watching their game, at least at first, I mean, they were battling with Tennessee, you know? Like, you're talking about teams and players –
1: you do realize, right now, Saint Peter's fifty-three.
2: No, I'm not watching it. <laughs> Fifty-two. Saint Peter's
1: beating yeah. right now with eight to go. Right now, yeah. But we'll go back, right, Nicole.
2: Oh, sorry. So, so my whole question is, like, I, I kind of, I kind of like this though. Like, I mean, granted, you would think, you know, one way and the other thing happened, but I kind of like how it. I agree with Rob in the sense that this whole year, just in basketball in general was just not even the tournament pickings or anything. It was just weird. It was just, it was almost even weirder. I, I didn't play, but as a sister who went to every single one of her brother's games, I found it weirder than last year when I couldn't go to the games because it almost just everything seemed weird. So I kind of like how they picked it because I feel like it truly like basketball this year truly showed who had an opportunity to get in there. If they want to, if you want it, like who's showing up, right. It doesn't matter. Like if you're this school or that school or whatever, if you're showing up, you're showing up. Like that's kind of how I felt like it was. Obviously it wasn't, you still have your big schools, you know, who's going to win, you know, who's not like things like that. But I just feel like maybe we're getting into this more of a mentality of of it being more uh you know i don't want to say equal but you, you can compete at, at all yeah, the levels now so i don't know anyway,
3: that, well the transfer portal will have a lot to do with that too in the future yeah. right that's what you can think is a transfer portal for all for all of that
0: Yeah. so what, what do y'all think about the transfer portal you know all all the new rules going on with it yeah i i hate it um i, I think it hurts it hurts to get there
1: the clientele I deal with, which is high school kids, and now post-grad kids, that's who it's hurting. Um, and so, therefore, I'm sitting here having to deal with that and be creative in how to make it work. I mean, it's the new life period now. The new life period started about a week ago, and will go for the next six, seven, eight weeks. That's the new life period. And... I started saying that last year, and I'm gonna stick with it because I think it's it's, it's facts that <laughs> they're just going there, picking up guys off the portal, and, and that's that's what they're doing. And uh, and then all of a sudden, it's just like in the NFL or the NBA, more so the NFL, you can become really good really quick.
0: Mm-hmm. That's true.
1: Uh, I think you may see that with Longwood. I think these guys, you, you know, interesting Virginia Tech. They're starting. Like, Rob Rob appreciates this. Their starting lineup, four out of their five guys in the starting lineup came from Wofford and High Point.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah. or committed, or or committed. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So What words words you had was a SoCon. Did. You had the Southern Conference level players knock off and win the ACC championship.
3: And knock off, good. Find yeah. together. That's coaching. Yeah. yeah, I think I think about the transfer portal. It, it's it's kind of complicated. You have. You have a side that says, well, we're teaching the kids how to quit. And then, but what they don't realize, and I'm a coach's son. Uh, and I, I've seen both sides. I don't know if my dad did this, but you know, I've heard about it and everything. There's, there's a side of, you know, coaching where the scholarships are year to year. A coach can bring you in and say, you know, I don't see you playing here. Uh, for the next how many ever years and I think you know it's probably best if you go find somewhere else to play and they're essentially running the kid off not all coaches do that not all coaches do that but there are some that do that so you gotta you gotta there there had to be some type of t- type of way that I think you know the kids not get along with the coach it's a bad relationship you know why punish him if he's trying to sit out uh, or trying to transfer and sit out of here or whatever but like I, I, I see both well, sides you know, of that. I, I think yeah, it does.
2: You know how it hurts the other side, too, though,
3: too. Yeah, I, I see how it hurts the, the high school kids and everything. But,
2: hey. Sorry, go guess ahead. Guess what?
3: The high school kids yeah. don't play in uh, the NCAA yet. So, when they get to the the NCAA, then I guess they get to it be matter. part of it. Then, you know, mm-hmm. they get to play one of the – they get in, you know, Division One, Division Two, or whatever the rules apply to. I guess they're all – all portals are filling up. I think Division One, Two, and Three now, a lot mm-hmm. more than ever. So you know, mm-hmm. I think once they get in there, they have their turn. So uh, yeah, it does hurt them, but you know, so are home. Their, if you're supposed to be there, so, so I, I like it. I think I, I I've seen kids miserable. I think I think they should be able to leave. You know, I, I mean, if you're not happy, then go. You know, coaches are allowed to leave. They're allowed to leave whenever they want yeah they got a bad buyout whatever half the time other schools pay the buyout so they get to
2: leave <laughs> my question i was going to ask you brother is um so with that like is there i mean in your opinion i get what you, like i 100 percent agree with you like there's been situ, you know, we've grown up in it. We've we've seen what we've seen. and It was totally like not the same back then, but with how it is now, what are the ramifications that you, like, did you see any of that? I already know the answer, but did you see any of that when you were in college, like any hurt or any positive action from the transport portal or no?
3: That's portal,
2: uh, like... I mean,
3: no, I didn't. I didn't honestly. I don't think I saw a negative from it. Like, John, like we had a teammate, I just call him by name. I mean, it happened. John Michael Wright put his name in the portal and Coach Smith allowed him to come back. You know, essentially, open, you know, he's committed to High Point University. And you got to swallow your ego, you got to swallow your pride. <laughs> and that's what you got to do. If he, he wants to be a part of a High Point program, but at the same time, wanted to shop his other options, you know, you, you got to be realistic with where you're at. You're playing the Big South, you're at High Point, and the kid, you know a kid oh, let me may, ask you this a kid may want to shop and see if he can go high major for whatever reason. If, you know, whatever, whatever reason he has, you know, you kind of got to swallow your pride and be like, you know, sure. You can shop and then come back. Uh, sure. Come back. But if
2: dad was co- okay. Okay. Dad's been, dad's not coaching anymore. He's not coached yeah. for the last couple of years. How would you uh, like, I know if that, if dad were still coaching right now at this moment, how would you feel about the transport, transport portal?
3: Ugh. I mean, yeah, it, it would oh. really, it, oh. you know, it's, it, it hurts for a kid to leave and it, and it stings, but you have to adjust. That's what Falk is talking about, where it hurts the high school kids. This is when it hurts it. You lose, you lose a junior to the transfer portal. You lose a sophomore to the transfer ahead. portal. You don't want to replace him with a freshman.
2: Because right. if you do, the other
3: team that to replace that junior for with a, you know, transfer junior or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So they're getting older. You want your teams to stay older and and, and experienced. So you lose a kid. It's Division One basketball. You can go find a million other kids that would be crying for the opportunity to play. So yeah, it's kind of what you have to do. And you just got to, you got next man up. Next, next player in the portal. Next player in the high school. Whatever you got to do. Go get another one.
2: So, like, I get what you were saying. Like, you were, you both. You two both played, you know, in college and everything. And I know just from being his sister, how hard he worked his butt off. So I can imagine what you did. And so I get what Rob's saying in the sense of like, with these high school kids, it matters once they get there until then, if like get earn your place to get there. And until you get there, you have no say. It doesn't matter how you feel or what you think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I, kinda, I think. Go ahead, Well,
3: I, I was going to turn it on you. I kind of have a question for you. Sure. I, but if, but it's you know, a kid. I think your story is important. Uh, being Belmont Abbey first, and then going to a mid major, a mm-hmm. really good mid major in UNC Wilmington. How was like? What was that like?
0: I mean, yeah, like just going from Belmont Abbey to UNC Wilmington. I always believed that I had Division One talent, and I had a few Division One looks coming out of high school. And eventually, I got them taken away because they ended up going for older players. They went for you know JUCO guys or maybe some guys who were transferring at that moment. And I just wasn't ready at that moment. And I believe at the time, going to Division Two was honestly the best. Uh, the best thing for me I didn't want to at the time but it was honestly the best thing for me and it helped me develop my game and I realized in Division 2 there's really not much difference between Division 2 and Division 1 I've played with kids in Division 2 yeah and so just going from Division 2 to Division 1 it's like I knew I had it in me the whole time I just needed the opportunity and you know, it wasn't bad playing division two. You know, like I said, it it helped develop me, it helped grow me. And it's kind of like John Michael Wright, whenever the time came, uh, my, my coach ended up taking another job. And I was just like, okay, do I wanna sit here and possibly play for a new coach that I might not jail with? I don't know who it is, you know, it's still up in the air, or do I want to shop my options? So so did you did you go
3: to Belmont Abbey and always Always
0: have in the back of your mind that you wanted to go Division One. Honestly, I my freshman year I did, but when I got to my sophomore year, I was kind of content where I was at. I was happy where I was at. I played for two straight conference championships at Belmont Abbey, and it never really dawned on me until the time that my coach ended up leaving that I was like, "What if? What if this is my shot to go Division One? I don't want to." Just allow that door to close while I have it right here in front of me. Yes, I love Belmont Abbey, but this is this is my opportunity, and so I can I can understand why these kids are you know in the transfer portal so much, especially you know John Michael Wright's situation. If he wants to go shop his opportunities for a higher major, I completely understand that.
1: I think so. A couple of things I do want to say, like from a coaching standpoint, and I, I'm dealing with it in high school. It's trickled down to high school. Everything that happens, it, it started in the NBA, let's be honest about it. Yep. Okay. Okay. It's tri- It's trickled down to college. Here we are. And now it's trickled down because everything just rolls down. And so, as a coach, I'm about to say any level now, the worst thing you can have is a kid to score double digits. Because I've said this for a while. So, now if a kid at a Division two school is scoring 15 a game, he's trying to go to the Big South. If a kid in the Big South scoring 16 a game, he's trying to go to the America East. If a kid in America East scoring double digits, he's trying to go Big 10, Big 12 ACC. Never stops. One up. And then the other thing, as a coach, that's really hard. It's really hard to coach that. It would almost be, like, very mindful (laughs) to really spread the ball because you don't want a a 25-point-a-game guy (laughs) almost. Um, because you're going to lose him. You're never going to lose him. Um, and then the other part of that, the cold address is the part I'm, I'm really struggling with nowadays. It's like, it's become very, and, and the one common thread here, if we go back, because I saw, I saw you guys expressions when it was your time to talk about your point. It's all me. And that is what's bothering me in the society that we are right now. Like, if that's what it is and that's what it's become and it's all about, I got to be happy. I'm not happy. I got to go. And it's and the coach is saying that and the kid is saying we all on. But yet we go in the locker room and we teach a fist of all five fingers coming together as a team, all this crap. But yet when you walk out of that locker room, it's I. everything begins with I. I'm not happy. I want this. I want the next step. I, I, I. But yet we're going to preach team. First of all, it's very condescending and hypocritical. It is. And if that's where we're at and that's okay. Cause I'm all about embracing where we are, but it seems to me that's where we are at all levels. Well, I got a, qu- I a question that, for that. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's just get that out now. And let me start telling my kids, Hey, you go ahead and take the lowest level, whatever you got and take it and you leave next year. So if I start telling them that now you're saying and talking about the elephant in the room, I don't know what we're doing and, or, you know, I don't know. It's like we just, it, doesn't, it. Feel it
2: doesn't feel good.
1: doesn't feel good to me. It's got, right. it's got a stench to it. I, I like the kids say, coach, I ain't never leaving you, man. You, you coach. I'm not never leaving this program. I'm not leaving this culture. I, I, I would never leave. That's the verbiage i wanted to hear and want to hear, you know what I mean? And, and you're not hearing it anymore. And uh I, I, so it's, like I, me think, it's like me thinking about some of the kids I've had. And maybe I had thoughts of leaving or whatever, but I'm like, I'm not leaving that kid, he graduates. I'm not leaving so-and-so, I mean, I've done that. But they roll and out on me. we
2: just the old people that are trying to hold on to the- Yeah,
1: yeah, I, I mean, it's, I I'm, <laughs> I, I'm 44, like I've seen, I've been that old school, like I'm loyal, I stick to it, blah, blah, blah. and then I also am, am young enough to see this shift, this change. And if this shift and change is happening and it's about me, 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 Let's just stop going to the locker room and trying to bring, like I I made a good point. Sorry, I made a good point this year where I said, I made a statement and I said, stop allowing your dinner conversations and your ride homes break up my locker room. Because we work so hard to bring people and bring it together, cohesive together, just to bash not just the coach, but everybody else on the team every chance you get away and then bring them back in 24 hours later. It's like,
3: it's uh, it's a bit hard, but that's just me. Sorry, I got my little tension. The, the, the opposite side of that, fucking, you know, I I love to debate. I love to argue, and I'm not. I, I'm just really he does. I would never guess that. He does. <laughs> yeah, the opposite side of that is there's a time and place. I get what you're saying when this is absolutely true, and I hate it too. You get in the car, parents saying you should play more. Kids like, guys yeah, should play more. Yada 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 blah da da, and then. Yeah, the parents calling the coaches. It happens at college too. It's crazy. They shouldn't, you know, that's all is BS, right? But the coming together, my your fi- you know, your fist, my fist, team, together, family, whatever, break. These things are season by season. Every time you go to record, it's gonna say 21 to 22, 20, to 21, whatever it may be. And You can be a family for that season and say break. And then afterwards, you know, the best for me is to leave. It becomes like a professional free agency. So it's time and place thing for me is, yeah, we were a family. No break, blah, blah, There's time and place. You're my brother
2: because you don't feel like it?
3: No, no, no. We're blood. So so to continue this is when when we, you know, break it down and, and we leave and we had a great season or a terrible season, whatever. At that point in time, I think it's okay for a kid to go ahead and think about himself and, and whether it's better for him, whether he's averaging, you know, 20 points or he's averaging two points or he's averaging none, never got the bench. Yeah, I think it's yeah. good for him to think about himself at that point and whether he should go or not. Okay. Well,
1: that's fine. So, so you're telling – so, okay, I'm the old guy in the room. End of the year, that's when you can think about yourself. But that doesn't yes. happen. That doesn't happen. You're thinking about yourself. You're and saying no they're way. thinking about themselves the whole time. Absolutely. The whole time. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. If you could, you know what? I yeah. could work with that. If I could get to the point where I'm not going to think about me until the season end, or I'm not going to think about that until maybe I can get on board with that.
3: It's not what's happening. Yeah. Human nature is yeah. not. I don't know about the high school level, but I, I truly do believe some of my college teammates throughout the years have been able to say, you know, right now, I want us to win. And then I'll let you know after the season whether I'm going to stay. And I think, I think, you know, for me, it was a bit of an adjustment. I'm not going to lie. Because, right, you know, I think sometimes kids weren't bought in. I'd be like, holy crap, why is the coach, why is the coach playing him? Or why is the coach, why is the coach allowing him to have this much say or whatever it may be? But it's almost like something you just kind of avoid until the end of the season, you know? So, so, they're both like, okay, let's focus on being a team right now. And then after the season, we'll talk about whether you want to be here or not.
1: Like, you ignore and, the and, elephant you know.
2: in the room if there is one. Like, yeah, if there's tension or something.
3: Yeah.
1: We might as well have mid year transfers. Yeah.
3: Mid year transfers. No, they do. They it's do. like crazy. There so, are mid year transfers. No, no, no. no, no, no. Schools, schools keep a scholarship open. Now, some coaches keep a scholarship open. To catch that mid-season transfer, yeah. my my uh, hard-grade teammate, I'm really close <laughs> with him, Trey King. He was he at was Georgetown, mid-year transfer to uh, Iowa State right now. He's at Iowa State. Is there a way to coach to make them realize that if they aren't bought in for that season, you know, you don't – I feel like sometimes we had kids in my – four years here that just honestly were like wasting their time, you know? And I never felt like the coaches that was able to be like, look, you're wasting your own time. If you don't buy in with your attitude and stuff, you can leave after this year, you can get on, go do your, do your thing. But I'm telling you right now, if your attitude is this way and, and you want to do this, you want to do that. It is so much easier on your life. To just buy into what we're saying for this year and go on, like is that is that a conversation or a way a coach can handle things or no? With an individual player,
1: I think I think as a coach, and you're gonna you're gonna soon see this. You're responsible for everything, everything. Yeah. So if you got too many kids transferring and leaving out of your program, why is that, coach? Why you got so many people leaving? Your fault. What are you doing? What's your culture yeah. like? got to watch for that. You better be developing your players. You better be marketing and promoting your players. You better be dealing with agents. You better be trying to find them somewhere after college because they're going to bash you for that if you don't. You're responsible yeah. for so much. It's not just win or loss on a scoreboard, which is hard enough in itself. <laughs> That's hard enough. You're responsible for everything else, their grades, you know, getting recruited, right? And they recruited high enough. I carried you there to get recruited. My kid didn't get better. Your skill, your skill work wasn't good enough. Coach, by the way, rolling out of your program must be you. It's like, wow, geez. So um, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. And I think that's why you see a, a big wave of the older coaches um, in college and high school. I had two coaches here today stepped down in in, in the county. Uh, College coaches are retiring left and right. I took a three-year absence, came back. I mean, um, thank God for that three-year break and coming back. Um, it's, It's hard.